me pass along my uh, appreciation to mothers. Happy Mother's Day to those of you who have been blessed to be in that role and uh, grateful for those of you who did it so well. Uh, it, this just is a day that has many layers. I write that on the front of the bulletin. You can see it right there. But it was six years ago that I came to check out Valley View and you had the opportunity to check out me. And I guess, I guess it worked out okay because we met and then it kind of stayed together after that. On that Sunday, you know who the leader of the songs was? Anybody? Mitchell Fitz. And so here we are back again at this same old spot, right? But the thing I liked about today is he told me long before this, we're going to sing songs only out of sacred selections. And this is exactly what I grew up on. This, it looked exactly like this. Uh, it was worn and it kind of, but, but I loved it. It was red like this. And so I loved it because that's the one I grew up with. But I also loved it because... Anybody else figure out why I love singing out of the songbook? There's no stirring in this book at all. There's not one page where there's a stirring. And I knew he'd have to go a whole time without singing it. And I didn't know how he would handle it, but I was going to rejoice because there's no stirring in here. Anyway, so, anyway, that's, that's what I wanted to say about today. But it's Mother's Day, grateful for uh, the fact that our world sees the wisdom of, of taking a Sunday and saying, Hey, say, you know, give some special attention to your mothers. Once in a while, the world really gets it right with holidays, and this is one of them. This is something that we can embrace and we can appreciate because this is right near to the heart of God, the idea of us honoring our mothers with a day like this. From this passage, it's so interesting to me. We've been in 1 Timothy for a few weeks, and it's just amazing how it hit just right. For the graduates last Sunday, the, the first two verses of Timothy chapter 5 about we are family, we need to treat each other like family, that, f that fit perfectly, perfectly with a message I wanted to give our graduates about the church and the nature of the church and our relationship and our need for it. But today there's a question, we're going to deal with it more next week about what the church does to take care of its members as they get older. In this section there's some things it says about our living parents as they get older. And I love this because the timing is just perfect for this. God expects us to take care of our family members. So he says it three ways, especially our moms. Here's three things he says about honoring our moms. Number one, in verse four, he says, this pleases God. It's a very positive, positive expression of this. I want you to take care of your living parents as they get older. Those widows in particular, he says, outlive their spouses. Whoa. It's okay. <laughs> Let's pray. Uh, uh, something's happening in someone's life. Anyway, but the, the, the thing about the pleasing thing on this, do you remember the commandment has these big ten, right? The top ten. These are big to God. The first four protect relationship to us. I want you to have no other gods before me. I want you to worship me and me only. I, I want you to take off every week and worship me, and I want you to never take my, my name in vain. I, I want you to protect that. And then he starts expanding out to other relationships, and the first commandment, the nearest to the God ones, is the one that says, honor your father and your mother. The rest of them are, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, but the first one is a positive one. I want you to honor your father and your mother. And not only did he, he didn't just leave it at that, though. He says, in fact, I'm going to bribe you to do it. 
I'm going to bribe you. I'm going to give you a special reward. It's a commandment that comes with a promise. We're told in Ephesians chapter 6. And so God says, you'll live long on the earth if you honor your father and your mother. I, I want you to know, near to the heart of God is this idea that you take care of those who took care of you. In particular, I, ha- I bet if we took a poll here, and I wanted to say to you, who did you first learn about God from? Who did you first hear the songs about God from? Who did you first hear the great stories about God from? Who did you first kind of look to as a person who embodies what God is like? Nearly everybody in here would say mama. Is that true? Was that, I I think it just, I just think it is. And something about it, God placed them in our lives as God with skin on to teach us something about himself. And he says, when someone functions like that, I'm so, God is like, I'm so much into those who teach about me. That first person who teaches about you, I want you to make sure that for the rest of her life, you honor her for it. There's something about that pleases God. So this morning and this day, God's pleased with this. We're honoring our moms, and it's pleasing to God. What would God do if he were here? He would honor mothers. Second thing, it's, it's common sense, really. He said in verse 4-2, he says, he says it's common sense. And by the way, have you noticed that common sense isn't all that common, right? This is kind of an oxymoron, really, because it's just not common anymore. But he says, you know, basically you're paying them back. This is payback. They've done some services rendered already toward you. And this is your opportunity to pay them back. That's exactly what he says in verse 4. You are paying them back. She cared for you in the days when you were dependent. As she gets older and she gets more and more dependent with time, you need to step in and do some payback. Makes total sense, doesn't it? But lest you miss the message, a positive command from God, a common sense statement from God. There's also a stern warning from God in verse 8. Did you get it when he read it? The, re- the reading of this morning, very well done, ended with kind of a real strict warning when he says, listen, if you don't do this, you're worse than an unbeliever. To not take care of the people in your own household is you are worse. You know what the fate of an unbeliever is? Those who don't believe in are people who are separated from him. They're not right with God. And if they end their lives that way, they are in eternity separated from God. This is a bad thing. But so is a believer who doesn't have enough faith and enough awareness of the gospel story to take care of the people of his own household that he has an obligation to treat godly, like God. It's a scary thing, and you'd think he wouldn't have to say this, would you? Who in their right mind would not treat a mother like they should as they get older? I'd like to think it's a strange thing, but you know, I've done funerals where at the visitation, as the visitation starts, the family-only part of it, they have to call the cops because they cannot get along with each other. I've seen it happen. It's the weirdest thing. This shouldn't happen, should it? And do you remember when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees one time? And he says, you guys have a fine way of disobeying the commands of God through the traditions you establish. Anybody remember what's called Corbin? Corbin was when a Pharisee decided, you know what? This money I have set aside to take care of my parents as they get older, that was the only social security back then. 
This money that I would have given you to take care of you, I've, de- I've devoted it to God. I've set it aside and I put it in a special account for God only. So sorry, Mom and Dad, I can't help you. And Jesus was absolutely furious about this. Don't tell me about your devotion to God when you're not taking care of your parents. That is, that is totally contradictory. So God gives a negative warning to this. Three times in this little passage, he says, you need to take care of and honor your parents, your mom. Just practical tips real quick. This isn't going to take long. I'm hoping that we have throwing an extra song somewhere. Honoring mom is about little things most often, especially in the years when she's not dependent yet. It's not about the big stuff. She doesn't want you breaking the bank, and she doesn't want you rearranging your life and anything like that. She wants the little stuff, the little things of going to church with your mom. Those of you who came today with your mom, you are making her proud. She is swelling in front of you and in front of us as she swells with pride about, yeah, Terry, you too. Right? Why would you come with your mom? That's a simple little thing. But it's a big deal to her. Melinda and I have talked about this as, a, as we, you know, we kind of marched Abby off to Harding, and now we have what we call empty nest, except for the summer. We have empty nest mostly, which I thought I would whine and cry. I have partied down the whole time. It's been a blast for me. Uh, love you, Abby. Uh, so, but the thing is, we got to thinking about this with all the child rearing and the attention and, and, the, and, and church stuff, which she works during the week and, then, and, and so do I, but m- my big day is Sunday, so weekends become weird. And so we don't get to see my parents as much as I'd like to. And it, 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 so we, we, got, we got to thinking, you know, we, we need to do a better job of honoring our parents in just the smallest ways. And so we came up with a calendar and we started writing things on the calendar a whole year in advance. And we're just, we're going to make sure we get up and see, we're going to make sure that we call them because we have not done a great job of honoring. And for me, mostly my honoring is call her a little more. I'm not one who likes to call on the phone, but she loves to hear from her son. I can surely do that. That's, a, that's an easy thing to do. And those are the easy things that God would say. Take care, whatever it looks like to your mom, honor her. So right now in this service, Martha Fitz is being honored. She's witnessed her grandson leading a song. That's an amazing thing. She's back there bigger than life. And then her son gets up here. And she swells with pride again. And she's thinking about all that work she did over those years to iron out those huge, terrible, cavernous wrinkles that he had as he was growing up. And she's wondering, what more can I do? Because the only reason I'm still here is he's still got work that needs from his mama. That's what she's thinking. But she's come a long way, hasn't she? Bless her heart. This is for her. And I know my mom will be watching at 3 o'clock this afternoon when church at Fairtown is over. And some say, hey, mom, on video. She wrote my first sermon. It was about five minutes long. And everybody's been saying, can you recapture that? Um, and it was on Tuesday. I gave it. it was, my dad was behind the nursery window. And he took a picture of me at that very time. We still got it. It's an amazing, weird thing to me. But, but it's, it's mom, right? That, that thing. To think every time I preach, it's honoring her. Same for Mitchell when he leads singing and he does this thing with a college thing. That, that all goes back to mom and dad. It does. That, everything you do represents your parents. And your job in this life is to make people brag about who brought you up. 
That's your job for the rest of your life? You must have had a good mama. And it's an honor when you hear it. Be careful, secondly, about judging people for their relationship with their parents. This has really been strange to me over the years that I've watched people that had a struggle with this. Maybe their moms weren't that great. Maybe they neglected them. Maybe they, they, they abandoned them for a time. I don't know, but we have all sorts of blended families and extended families, and it becomes very difficult to know what it calls for. I have a biological dad that I guess there's some kind of responsibility I have, but I, I don't really know what that looks like when it comes to honoring him. I know several people in here with a similar story. But I think of a story of Jesus one time, and you know this. He's on the cross, and he's dying, suffering terribly. And I can't imagine he's just trying to survive it in the sense of just get through this. And yet, he's thinking about his mama. And the weird thing is, we know he had brothers. We know at least two of them. Anybody the name of his brothers? James is one of them. Jude is another one. My question is... Why did he have to give her to someone completely out of the family? He had brothers. Where were they? And all I can do is speculate. I don't have the answer to this. Nobody does. My speculation is they weren't yet full-fledged believers. They had a little bit of a conflict with Mary over Jesus himself. And because of that, they were just kind of not, not on the scene right now. And so Jesus had to put her into the hands of somebody who's not even a family. I don't know what your family situation's like judge you for it but i am going to tell you it's a high standard in god's will for us to honor our father and our mother whatever that looks like in your situation and sometimes we wonder what does it look like and this is a practical tip that i think is valuable and i'd say this to college students i said this last week right you you need the other generations and the reason is they're, they're putting on a clinic for you. We have people at Valley View putting on a clinic for what it looks like when you take care of your moms. Right in our midst, but you have to open your eyes and look. And you have to listen carefully. And you might have to get involved a little bit, but college students and, and high school students, your, your parents won't always be young. They're going to get older, and they're going to lose some of their abilities, and they're going to then end in your hands to some extent and you're gonna be like what do I do with this there's no textbook for this there isn't a textbook for this there's the body of Christ for this so listen very carefully the next few seconds I want to introduce you to some people Shirley Coker that's her with her mom her mom recently died she has been caring for her husband who's got a He's at the terrible stages of memory loss, can't really have the freedom to move around with him, so she is largely bound to the house to take care of him. And then in the midst of all that, her mom has to move from independent living to a nursing home, and she has to take care of all that paperwork, all that moving her over there, and she does it with grace and with beauty, even while taking care of a loved one back at home who can't take care of themselves, and also her mom. And then her mom gets worse and worse, and she's there every moment that she can. And at hospice house, at every spare moment she can find, she is there to take care of her. And then she plans the funeral, and she carries through that beautifully. And she is one of my heroes. She embodies what honoring your mom looks like. And it's right here in your midst I don't know if some of you have ever heard of a Rolodex. It's like the way we used to store addresses. 
one of the Rolodexes in my memory is going to be this picture. My day is coming. And I need some kind of memory bank to draw from to know what does honoring look like. I'm not just left to my imagination. The body of Christ is providing me some, an ama- some amazing things. Here's another one. And I, wanna, I, I just want to say this carefully. All four of these people are here today. I, do n- I, I, I know I can get this wrong. And I don't want to misinterpret what I'm saying. But Denise Simpkins and Deborah Smith, if you ever go to try to find them right now, you don't, I don't know if you'll find them. They're, they're busy with things. they got their grandkids. they got their spouses. But they also got their parents. Their parents are getting older. She recently fell. Her mom recently fell, couldn't take care of their dad. So now they've stepped in on this. They are, I don't want anybody to say, you're saying they're a burden. I don't want to say that because that's not what I'm saying. I want you to listen carefully, though. In moments like that, it calls upon you to draw every fiber of time and energy you can to take care of the parents, and you're going to neglect the grandkids. You're going to neglect your own spouse for a while. Maybe things are going to get out of balance for a while. That's what it looks like when you honor your parents. That's what it looks like. And sometimes it's going to get there, and they have to sacrifice time with their grandkids. But listen, the grandkids are getting the greatest lesson they could ever get right now. Right now, that's what it looks like when you love family and you put family first and you honor them. It's not always fun and easy. But it's important. And that family never has to wonder how important is family to us. There'll be no regrets. Supposed to get a picture from but Charles Whitaker wouldn't cooperate. There's Tommy back there. I think I saw Tommy and Charles. They have an older mother. Her nickname is Pete. She hates it when I say that. Pete! Pete! I'm talking to you. 94 years old. She lives in a house by herself. She can't do everything by herself. I did drive by one day, and she was taking the trash all the way down the driveway into the side, and I stopped and said, what are you doing? She says, I'm taking the trash out. What's it look like? And she needs to do that for as long as she can. And I believe that. I believe you do the stuff you can as long as you can. Nobody needs to come and do that for her. She can handle it until she can't. And then when she can't, the neighbor on one side's Charles and a neighbor on the other side's Tommy. And they come in there and they do the stuff. And they just do it because it's needed. Because they want her to be as independent as as she can for a long time. And I hope she lives to be 120, which means they have to live to be 110 in order to do all that. I hope that happens. They're honoring their mama. Now here's the last one. This one gets me. All of them get me. This is Beverly Sluter. She is going to kill me for putting that up there. Geraldine Baker, Harold Baker, he was a preacher for years. He's at Lake City Nursing Center. Geraldine still lives at home with her son, There came a time they did not want nursing home care. And they fought it and put it off as long as they could. And listen very carefully. You get nothing else out of this, young people. Do not ever promise your parents you will not put them in nursing care. Don't ever promise what you cannot keep. 
I'm, I'm telling you this to let yourself off a terrible hook of guilt when one of these days you might have to. But listen to the rest of it. If you have to, still honor them. There's work still to be done. It's both sides of the story. And so here's what they did. They got to the point they just could not care for him at home. Put him in Lake City Nursing Center. And you go out there anytime at lunchtime, you're not just going to get to visit him. You're going to get to visit nearly the whole family. Because what they decided is we're going to put you there, but every day at lunch, Geraldine wants to go and visit her husband and eat with her husband and see him and visit with him. Not a quick trip. It often takes a whole afternoon. And in order for her to get there, either Beverly or her brother have to take him. So they've got these days where they take, take her. And they take her, them and her, drive to Lake City. They eat lunch with him and they, and they spend time with him and then they come home. That's called... Honoring your parents. Do you need the extra care? Yes, they couldn't. They, it haunts them. I know they don't like it, but you have to. But when you do, the honoring still is required. And it's burdensome. It's time-consuming. It rearranges your schedule. Welcome to what they did for you. And what God does for you. Right in our midst, if you will open your eyes and pay attention, there are profound examples, daily life, honoring mom, honoring dad. This is not just for them to do the right thing. It's for the church to have examples, to empower us all to know what does it look like and what do I need to do and who can I call to get encouragement for this. We are a rich church things but we got to watch and pay attention one last thing one last thing about a practical thing there are others by the way who do that just look around your mother doesn't have to be present for you to honor her the way you live is the greatest testament to her influence and her former presence so take a moment remember her I don't know what that looks like for you. For some, it's going to an actual gravesite. For some, it's taking a few minutes each day on this day just to think about it. But here's what I did to one family. They were 92 years old. The mother died this past week, and I had the two boys in front of me. And I said, okay, here's my question for you. What do you see in yourself you got from her? I'm not talking about the will. I don't care about the will. I'm saying, what do you see in yourself you got from her? Take some time and say, look in a mirror, ask your spouse, Ask the people who know you, what do I have I got from mama? Stubbornness? A servant heart? I don't know, whatever it is. Take some time. Reflect on that. Our text says that as you honor her, dead or living, you're putting your religion into practice. It's great for us to get up here and worship and to remind ourselves of our religion, but it's even better when you actually live it. And one of the ways you actually live it is by honoring your mom. So do something that God would do today. Honor your mom for her sake, for your household's sake. Your family needs to see it. It's how they will later honor you. Do this for your sake do this for the church's sake. We need to see each other honoring. Do this for the world. The world needs to see it. And do this for God because it pleases Him. And today you will have done something that you know pleases your Creator. We're thankful for you moms. And we're also thankful for the God who gave them to us. 
every good thing comes from our Father. And one of them is those people he places us into. And it's by the grace of God you were placed where you were. It is no accident at all. And you can be thankful to God for that. That's why honoring mothers does belong within the context of honoring God, doesn't it? It belongs in our worship. It fits. If there's anyone who's never called God their father, their parent, this, this morning he longs to be that. He longs to adopt you into the family and make you his child. He longs to give you all the things that a father gives to his child that he loves. But that's only if you agree to it, only if you're willing to name Jesus your brother, confess his name, be immersed in the waters of baptism, and rise to be a child of God. And this morning, if you're subject to that, we would be delighted to see it happen as we stand and as we sing to encourage you.